day, everyone, and welcome to the weekly wrap. I am Jean Ryan, the managing editor of South Africa's oldest magazine, Farmers Weekly, and I'm very happy to tell you about what you can expect in the latest issue of the magazine, the 13th November issue. I will also discuss some of the highlights from our new section. So let's dive right in. The cover this week is possibly one of my favorites of the year. Some of the cover stories include that of a beekeeper dedicated to finding the perfect balance between nature and nurture, as well as an award-winning tree farmer that proves that you don't have to be big to be successful. A new study also confirms what nobody believed in the first place. Africa's farmers are actually much younger than commonly thought. The main cover story is about mycotoxins and animal feed and how this invisible threat can be a danger to all livestock farmers and even threaten food security on a national level. Professor Kribus Fusaki explains what a mycotoxin is, as well as new technologies that could make the detection of mycotoxins and animal feed more efficient. This is a must-read for anyone with livestock, small stock, or even pets. In another feature, we talk to Henry van Eertveld, solar and storage consultant at Energy Partners Solar, about the outlook for solar power in South Africa. This is particularly relevant now as Finance Minister Tito Mubweni recently announced in his midterm budget policy statement that the process is underway to procure 12,000 megawatts of power from independent power producers. Van Eertveld explains that farming and manufacturing operations in particular can benefit from solar power. He also debunks the common myth that solar panels are useless after 25 years, saying that while their performance may decline, they are still able to produce around 80% of their original energy output. He also discusses the payback period for a solar project, which is now around four to six years, thanks to increasing ESCOM tariffs and cheaper solar technology. In another feature, we speak to Cocky Makoka, a farmer in Funded Bale Park. Makoka runs a mixed operation, and while he has been farming since 2007, he started converting from conventional agriculture to conservation agriculture principles in 2015. He explains that conservation agriculture is one of the solutions farmers can implement to help mitigate the impact of climate change on a farming. But converting from conventional agricultural practices to conservation agriculture takes time. While some parts of his land are not tilled, some parts are still minimally tilled. He's in the process of adopting no-till practices across the board on his land, but says the soil takes time to heal and that this cannot be rushed. Makoko plants drought-resistant white and yellow maize and mixes his own fertilizer. No fertilizer is ever wasted as he uses leftover fertilizer from the previous season to mix fertilizer for the new season. He says that conservation agriculture is about crop rotation, cover crops, and leaving the land as undisturbed as possible. Turning our attention to news, South Africans have showed great heart and support to fire victims, victims in the Western Free State. Recent wildfires there have destroyed thousands of hectares of farmland and killed large numbers of livestock. In an effort to support these farmers, organizations and individuals from around the country and even abroad have donated money, animal feed and food. Marina Klusa, a farmer near Delmas, even drove 400 kilometers to deliver food products to the victims of the fire. Francois Wilkin, president of Free State Agriculture, said that it is encouraging to see the unity between different communities to help affected farmers get through the aftermath of the ordeal. Rural safety has been a hot topic over the past few weeks with the murder of farmers across the country. Government has now said that it wants to fast-track the implementation of, of the revised rural safety strategy in an attempt to better respond to the security needs of rural communities. Jackson Matembu, Minister in the Presidency and an ANC Executive Member, said that the farming community is an integral part of South Africa's economy and that crime on farms not only poses a danger to farmers and farm workers, but also to food security. 
It's good to finally hear government admit to the importance of South Africa's farming sector. Finally, there is growing demand for rooibos cosmetic products across the globe, thanks to the consumer's preference for herbal beauty products. As a result of this, rooibos exports increased more than 7,600 tons last year, which included tea and extract. Adele de Toy, spokesperson for the South African Rooibos Council, said that while not so long ago herbal beauty products were only sold in health stores and not taken seriously by the beauty industry, natural alternatives to mainstream beauty products are now exploding onto the scene. Moreover, rooibos has now also caught the eye of international beauty houses to be used in skin, hair and nail products. She added that Western Europe was a particularly good market for rooibos exporters to explore. That was it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week discussing the features and news highlights of the 20 November issue. You can look forward to hearing about the role dragon fruit may play in improving food security in South Africa and the threat of wheat blast in the wheat industry in Southern Africa. A pioneer of the Boran breed in South Africa offers advice to new farmers and the first article of a two-part series explains why you might be receiving rain but your crops aren't growing. Remember to follow Farmers Weekly on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly USA and don't forget to pick up the 13 November issue of Farmers Weekly. You won't regret it. Until next time, stay safe and have a